When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, back to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and as always, I got my co-host, Matt, here with me. We have a very special guest today, Mr. James Wighouse of Back Shoulder Breakdowns and Jet X Factor. is here with us today to uh, handle our War Room special. This is my favorite day of the year outside of the draft itself. We are going to go through the entire draft with all of the picks the Jets have. Uh, One through, I believe it is, 146 is their last pick, or 169, maybe? 169. 163. Uh, too many picks to count. The Jets have a ton of ammo in this draft, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun going through everyone and making the calls as if we were actually in the war room ourselves with Joe Douglas, uh, making the selections in real time on the clock. James, thank you so much for stopping by uh, and joint, taking some time out to be here with us tonight. This is going to be a ton of fun. I'm excited to get started. Um, Matt, I'm going to toss things off to you as you are going to lead things off as GM for us with the fourth overall pick. Uh, and then James, you are going to go ahead and submit your player as first dibs after that as our special guest tonight. So Matt, go ahead, take it away. All right. Welcome, gentlemen, to the 2022 draft uh i'm looking for playmakers right here i want somebody that's going to make a difference who do you guys have all right well before i before i submit my pick here to you matt um i appreciate you guys having me on i follow you guys uh pretty closely actually i've been listening to the podcast for a while and uh, you both do a great job uh very detailed is exactly how i describe it uh you don't get that draft content um everywhere so um i appreciate you guys having me on um and i'm going to submit my pick and this is not a homer pick to try to get on your guys good side <laughs> um this is and i think it's been well known um that i do think sauce gardner is up there in terms of elite prospect because we have to get someone that's going to be a difference maker you're exactly right matt but where we need the most help and ultimately where there is an elite talent at the position of need um given the board that we have here i'm gonna i'm gonna submit jermaine johnson and jermaine johnson um, I think he is subject to a lot of criticism in certain areas. Um, I think maybe analytically recently we've seen certain numbers get thrown out there, which try to take you off what you actually see on tape. And what you see on tape is a guy that fits this culture, right? He's a guy who's going to be 110 miles per hour every single play. And you want someone, obviously, that's going to be more than 110 miles per hour. He's going to be a guy that's going to affect the game, whether that's uh, via his pass rush or his ability to set the edge in the run game um, and make, you know, 
plays behind the line of scrimmage um, in, in more than one fashion. But I think the play that really embodies Jermaine Johnson, um, and I'll set this up kind of like I'm in the war room here, um, you know, it, there's two minutes and 36 seconds left in that, you know, Miami game and Florida State's down. Um, and they run a tight end to the flat on the opposite side of Jermaine Johnson. And he finds a way to hustle his you-know-what over and make that stop before that tight end gets the first down. And ultimately, Florida State gets the ball back and they win the game. So he affects the game in multiple ways, and I think he'd be a great fit for this team moving forward. I like it. I like it. What do you have, Andrew? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we all know how much we love Jermaine Johnson on this podcast. That's no secret. Uh, I will want to say for the people listening, uh, the way we are deciding who is available in terms of players and the big board overall, we are using the NFL mock draft database.com consensus big board, which compiles uh, basically hundreds and hundreds of mock drafts and big boards and rankings from everybody all over the website, all over the web, excuse me, into one website and one aggregate ranking of averages of where each player stands all the way throughout the course of the draft. So the first three players that we had uh, on this big board that we're considering off the board were Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Evan Neal. So Ike McQuanu was on the board. We have Ahmad Gardner on the board, Trevon Walker, Jermaine Johnson, as James said. Um, a lot of a lot of options, a lot of definite uh, possibilities for the Jets. But if you guys think I'm saying anything other than Jermaine Johnson, you don't know who I am. <laughs> With Kayvon Thibodeau off the board uh, and the Jets needed edge rusher, Um, as we know how I feel about the fit with the corners at the top of the class and how I don't really think they fit the Jets scheme or what Robert Sala really likes or really think they value that position that highly in the draft anyway, and how perfect of a fit Jermaine Johnson is for this scheme, um, how perfect of a pairing he is opposite Carl Lawson, how much better he's going to help the Jets, not only in the pass rush, but in run defense, his attitude, I'm not worried about his age. I'm not worried about the analytics because every time I turn on the tape with him, all I do is see him destroying offensive tackles quickly. And so my eyes say this is going to be a premier edge rusher in the NFL, a perennial 10 sack a year player. And I have no issues whatsoever about taking him fourth overall. So this is a unanimous decision, uh, in my opinion, Jermaine Johnson. I agree. I think we have a consensus amongst us. Uh, we're going to go with Jermaine Johnson, picked four. Uh, love I love, love it. everything you guys said uh, and more. Uh, I, I know that a lot of people are going to say, oh, wait, but maybe we can wait till 10 to get him. But who would take that chance? If he's the guy you want, take him. Don't, don't even risk it. You never know what could happen between uh, pick four and pick 10. Uh, there's no reason... To, to chance it at all. Take him now. And on our board, uh, to be fair, on our mock draft database, big board, as it stands right now, because it is updated in real time, but as it stands right now, Jermaine Johnson is currently listed as 11. So in theory, he would be available at 10th overall. However, I think when we get to the actual draft and really just in terms of how the teams that are ahead of the Jets at 10 operate, I don't think he gets past Seattle at nine. So I really don't think you can risk passing on him here at four overall, if you want an edge rusher and if you really value Jermaine Johnson's skills and his fit, I I really don't see any other way to go about doing this. Agreed. Right. James, anything to add on Jermaine? Yeah, no, I mean, and, and listen that, you know, uh, I think that what I was pointing to the analytic wise, you know, um, that, that one 
that's circulating that he basically doesn't get to the quarterback within a certain amount of time, et cetera. Um, you know, I mean, he's got, he's got the get off. I mean, 1.59 in a 10 yard split is that's special uh, at that point. It's special. 97th percentile for edge rushers. Right. Yeah. It, 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 and he fits the mold uh, physically too, right? The six, five, the two fifty four mm-hmm. for that four, three, um, you know, obviously he 34 he inch had, arms. Yep. And he's got, he's got the sideline to sideline speed. He can run down, you know, those jet sweeps, whatever it might be. Um, and kind of to add to the, the, the numbers thing, I, I think a, a piece of it too. Um, and I think Matt, I've seen you allude to it before too, is kind of what he's almost asked to do. And, um, if, if they, if, if, you know, the opposing offense put a tight end on his side and he's lined up somewhere in between that tight end, he's somewhere a tight end and the tackle there. Um, he actually gets up and he's in almost a square two point stance. So he's preparing for that, you know, that tight end to block down that double team to come. So he's, he's kind of in a different position, you know, throughout different points of the game, despite being, you know, someone who does have his hand in the dirt a lot as well. So I think, uh, I think he's got some, uh, you know, some ability there, obviously in the run game. Um, and it, it's not all just percentages that we're working with here. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, a lot of these these metrics don't have the context that you really want to get the full picture of everything. Uh, and there's no perfect metric that will predict anything. So I, I appreciate the people doing the deep dive to really get in the, the nitty gritty of the numbers. Uh, but at the same time, it, it, it's all just a tool that you have to use alongside the tape. Uh, you, you need that context to really put everything into, into picture for everything. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, yeah. Numbers don't tell the whole story, just like tape doesn't always tell the whole story. It's a blend of everything and you have to take everything in context and see what values more and what you trust more. And if analytics say one thing, does, does the tape say something else? That's always the question. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to the 10th overall pick here. Um, I'm going to run through the players that are no longer going to be available um, in between pick four and pick 10. So we know who's off the board. Uh, Trevon Walker is going to be off the board. Ahmad Gardner is going to be off the board. Kyle Hamilton is going to be off the board. Derek Stingley is going to be off the board. And Charles Cross is going to be off the board, as well as Jermaine Johnson, uh, since he was chosen fourth overall. Um just with how the rankings are going. So all of the wide receivers are available. I think that's definitely an option where it's likely the Jets could be turning to. Uh, James, I'm going to go ahead and toss things to you as general manager in this spot um, with the 10th overall pick. What are you looking for? All right. So we, we, we've got our dynamic playmaker along, along the trenches. Um, I need that dynamic playmaker um, that's going to create separation for our young quarterback, add to this wide receiver room. So for me here, I'm really looking to add to this wide receiver room, given the fact that we just ultimately added to our edge position here. So what do you guys got for me? Matt, I'll let you start. All right. I have a feeling I know who you're going to pick. Uh, just to throw some contrast out there, uh, I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson uh, of Ohio State. Uh, we know that he's a premier route runner. We know that he can make the tough catches. Uh, and unlike maybe a teammate of his, of his I think he has uh, a little bit better uh, yards after catch ability. Um, and I think that's going to really play into how 
JD looks at this position. He wants speed. He went after Hill, so we know he wants that speed. Uh, but he wants somebody that can really get open. Uh, and even though his, his teammate Alave can get open, what happens when there isn't uh, that opening? What happens when you do need him to make that tough catch? Uh, I believe that Wilson is just a little bit better at going up and get it. Uh, a little bit better at high pointing, a little bit better at uh, attacking the catch point. Um, Alave is pretty good in contested catches, uh, but I wouldn't say he is uh, the kind of guy that's going to make that contested catch uh, over top a defender. Uh, he's got strong hands to, to go up, bring it in, away from his frame. He's the guy I think would be the better receiver going forward for Zach Wilson to develop around. Yeah, I um I like Garrett Wilson a lot. I could definitely see him as a potential option. Um and I can understand what you're saying about his body control and his go up and get it is a little better than Chris Olave. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um but I'm actually not gonna submit Chris Olave. Ooh. I'm gonna submit Jamison Williams. Because when I'm thinking about the future of the Jets and down the road, more so than just immediately this season and immediately this next coming year or week one, and I'm thinking years down the line and players that are really going to be able to grow and have a ceiling and a potential that the Jets haven't had in a long time. I really like Jamison Williams ceiling. I really like the fit with him and Elijah Moore, like I've talked about with getting a, a speedy receiver and having the two of them uh, paired on the same field and bunch formations and stack sets and daring defenses to bring a safety into the box because it's just going to be a track meet and having one guy deep is not going to be enough. Jamison Williams, more so than anybody else in this draft, brings that element. And I really think that element combined with Zach Wilson's arm is what makes this such a dangerous potential offense. You're going to have the ideal Jets offense be 12 personnel based. And you're going to have two receivers on the field with two tight ends. And those two receivers are going to be Jamison Williams and Elijah Moore. You cannot bring a safety into the box to stop the run with those two tight ends because one of those two guys on either side is going to be screaming down the field always. And you're not going to know who's, who's going deep on which play on other times you could have the two tight ends to one side of the field and you could stack Elijah Moore and Jameson Williams um, in a bunch set and give them free releases off the line. Let them run switch uh, switch routes down the field, let them rub off of each other um, and create natural separation that way. And Zach Wilson's arm is going to be able to get it to them as deep down the field as he wants. They're going to be able to run under it. It's not going to be a situation where you have these guys that are capable of getting open 45, 50 yards down the field and you don't have a quarterback that can take advantage. Zach Wilson is what makes this the pick to me. If this was any other quarterback that we had, I would probably say Chris Olave because I love his ability as a technician. I love his ability uh, in route running. I love his consistent hands, his ball tracking, all of that. He's my number one wide receiver, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But for the Jets in particular and what I think this offense needs and the potential of what it can become, 
I, I think I'm going to go Jamison Williams. I'm going to bet on his recovery happening soon enough. And even if he doesn't play until October, so be it. A year from now, he's going to be a superstar and the Jets offense is going to be unstoppable. So give me Jamison Williams. He threw a curveball at me. <laughs> I, I knew I you would expect me convinced. to pick Olave. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, both, both excellent cases. Um, I, I, I am of the opinion um, that the wide receiver class, especially in that, that top, you know, three or four there um, it, it's a lot of flavor, right? What exactly are you looking for there? Garrett Wilson, um, you know, you can make it and Matt, you made an excellent case for him. Um, I am going to make the pick Jamison Williams. Um, and the reason being is that ultimately I think it's time for the Jets to have a talent that can actually strike some fear in a defense, right? You put them in, in, in a bind. You put them in a bind to where we have that, you know, route running ability with more. And it's not to say Jameson Williams can't run routes. I, I do think it is an area that he can get better out at. But I, I think we did see also two different Jamison Williams pre John Mechie ACL injury and then post John Mechie ACL injury. When when John Mechie was on the field for Alabama, he was the technician, right? He was the guy that if Bryce Young needed to get the ball out, he needed a first down. He was probably going to go to John Mechie. But when the, when the time came for a big play, when they were looking to take the top off of the defense, it was going to be Jamison Williams. And so Ultimately, then John Mechie goes down. So now what? And against Cincinnati, Jamison Williams kind of turned into the John Mechie. He was the guy that that Bryce Young was looking to uh, to get the ball out quick. He was able to sit and find the open holes in the zone coverage, which uh, which uh, Cincinnati ran a lot of that game there. And ultimately, he was able to sit there, look comfortable make catches and be almost a safety blanket. So I think he provides a ton of upside in just being more than the downfield threat, the straight line speed. I think there obviously that's his, that's his strong point, but I do think there is more that he can unlock in his game. Um, especially if he's in a room with Elijah Moore, even though they're pretty similar in age, I think he could learn a lot from Elijah Moore. And ultimately, you can also have some versatility in where you line up Jamison Williams. Michael LaFleur can get creative with using him in motion as well. Uh, you know, those jet sweeps, those reverses, whatever Michael LaFleur kind of comes up with, we saw him be creative at the end of the year. So ultimately, Jamison Williams for me is the pick because I think the dynamic ability that he presents, the bind that he presents for the defense is something the Jets just have not had in a long time. And it's time to add that with the quarterback that they now have, like Andrew mentioned before. Yeah, I'm all for it. Um, I think it's a perfect fit. And I totally agree with what you said, that he has the capability to become more than just a deep threat. He can be a functional X receiver that runs routes and goes over the middle and is reliable and also happens to have lightning fast speed. And I really think that that ability with him in the future is like why this is the perfect pick. Um, Matt, anything else to add on Jamison Williams or defend Garrett Wilson or anything else? Yeah. I mean, Jay Jay will uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, Especially since we picked up two great tight ends, uh, which leads me to believe that we're going to run a lot more two tight end sets, which lessens the need for him to be out on the field right away. So he can heal up and uh, come back nice and healthy and, be uh, an extra weapon uh, down the stretch. Yeah, 
That's I think that's going to be what we're all hoping. And even if his rookie year isn't necessarily amazing, you know, blow the doors off anybody, his year two is going to be going to be that in spades. So, right. I think it makes a ton of sense. All right, let's move on. Uh, that's going to bring us to pick 35. I'm going to be uh, the GMing of this pick here. Um, guys, I want to throw a curveball at you again. Um, not saying we have to do this. I would only do this if it is a consensus, unanimous opinion from everybody. But I do have a Jets trade in my upcoming final mock draft that's coming on Thursday morning. Uh, and it involves the, the end of the first round. So in that trade, I have the Jets offering picks 35, 69, and 117 to the Tennessee Titans for pick 26 and pick 90. If everyone is on board with this, again, only if everybody is on board with this, I am suggesting that we trade up to the 26th overall pick and select Lewis Seen, who, based on our big board, is currently ranked 33rd and is going to be out of our reach at 35 and or 38. How do we feel about that? James, I'm going to let you go ahead and start with your opinion there. And again, if this is not a unanimous opinion, we think that there are some other safeties further down that we can get and we need to stay where we are, keep our second round pick where it is, um, not give up that extra pick in the fourth round. I'm all for it. I just want to have your opinions. James, how do you feel? Um, I feel okay. Um, I think I feel okay in the sense, I, I mean, Lewis, the player I'm absolutely fine with. Um, and I actually think he's probably jets wise. If we're, you know, obviously talking about jets fits here, um, you know, outside of, you know, I, I mean, Kyle Hamilton's not in, in the race in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the, he's the next best thing, uh, for this defense in terms of what he can do, uh, versatility wise, either being the one high or coming up and knocking your socks off. Um, so we would get 90 back. You would get, yes, 26 and 90. You're giving up 35, 69, and 117. So you keep 38. We'll have mm-hmm. 38. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. So the next, the new Jets picks would be 26, 38, 90, and 111, 146, 163. Okay. Yeah. I, I would pull the trigger there. I, I don't know why I just forgot about 38, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd pull the trigger there. I'd be okay moving up, especially for the player. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm totally on board with this. Um, I think scenes definitely fills that need. Uh, many different roles that he could play. Um, and after him, uh, I I don't believe Hill makes it to to 35. Uh, Dax Hill, no, he's gone by 29. So at that yep. point, it, it it's kind of slim pickings there for the safety that we need. Uh, we can maybe get we no we can get Kirby Joseph in at a uh, at sixty nine uh, if we wanted to wait, but at the same time I don't think he can do what Scene can do. Uh, he doesn't have the same ability. He can play that that single high very well, uh, be that center fielder. Uh, but I, I I like the idea of having somebody that can rotate from being that center fielder to being in the box or being in the slot uh, and really has that, that thump behind his tackles. Uh, I, so yeah, I'm, I'm completely on board with that. I'm glad to hear that you guys are in agreement with me because not only do I think that this is something that 
is honestly likely to happen. I really have a feeling in my gut that the Jets are going to do this on Thursday night, but I think it just makes too much sense not to. Uh, he is the perfect fit as a free safety. James, you had mentioned his versatility to either be single high or come down in the box. And I think that's really important for the Jets in particular because they want to be a single high team. And they signed Jordan Whitehead to be that in the box guy, a la Cam Chancellor. And now they're going to need their Earl Thomas to run with him. And I think Lewis Seen is the perfect guy for that. However, if you get into a situation where offenses run a motion or a shift and they get into a different set and move the strength of their formation and the safeties have to switch their roles and Whitehead has to go deep and scene has to come down in the box or man up on a tight end. He's going to be perfectly capable of doing that. And Whitehead is good enough in coverage to where he can hang out deep and be serviceable there too. So you can't really put any of these safeties in a bind by getting them into a weird alignment. And then what he's going to do for the run game, he doesn't miss tackles at all. He gets from that downhill alignment Mm -hmm. to the edge so fast. I just think he's the perfect player. And I think if this trade were to happen, the Jets are still getting a good amount of Uh, value back they're not having to give up both second rounders to do it and I really think they wouldn't have to um, to only come up nine spots the end of the first round and Titans will be still picking highly in the second round Um, I'm perfectly fine with it I'm glad you guys are on board so let's make it official Um, the Jets are trading um, picks 35 69 and 117 to the Tennessee Titans for picks 26 and picks 90 so with the 26th pick the New York Jets will be selecting Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia. That is going to bring us to now the 38th pick. Uh, overall, Matt, you are going to take over as GM once again. I'm going to go ahead and toss it to you. 38, what are we looking for after adding uh, Jermaine Johnson, Jameson Williams, and Lewis Seen so far? Well, let's see. So we've got our uh, edge rusher, so we attack the trenches. We've got our safety, so our secondary is kind of sealed up. Uh, all that's left is really uh, the interior of the defensive line and linebacker where we're really lacking. Uh, we could also even look to the offensive line, maybe even start to look at depth, um, some depth picks uh, with potential for starting duties next year. If we, if we lose one of our tackles, um, we could also be uh, looking tight end. If you're looking to make a splash, uh, early, uh, but it might be a little early for tight end. But if you can make the case, uh, I'm, I'm all ears. James, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, so I I, um, I hear I actually picked him for my 35th pick, um, but I think it works actually perfectly as well um, at 38 here. And it's Travis Jones, the defensive tackle out of UConn. Um, I, I agree in terms of the interior of the defensive line, I think um, ultimately when we look at what we have, uh, quantity doesn't always equal quantity. Uh, Quantity doesn't always equal quality. There you go. I got it the second time. Um, (laughs) And, you know, we we gave it the shot with, with Sheldon Rankins. And in my opinion, run defense wise, didn't work out for him. Didn't have a great year there. Uh, we obviously lost Foley. Um, and then Travis Jones here. I mean, 6'4", 325. In this defense, we're not looking for, I, in my opinion anyway, we're not looking for the guy to just plug up space. Um, you know, the the guy that's just going to kind of stand up and, uh, and just eat up space there. I think it has to be someone, again, a common term here, versatility. He can stop the run, uh, but, you know, he also provides upside in the pass rush game. And at 6'4", 325, uh, 1.78 
10 yard split in the 40 yard dash. So he's got some movement to him. And I think really probably the best aspect of his game in that pass rush sense is those hands, uh, uh, when he gets his paws on you, um, he, he's going to wreak, uh, wreak some havoc there. So I think Travis Jones would be excellent alongside Quinn and Williams to fill out this defensive line here and really get that front four moving to help the back end, um, uh, help the back end kind of uh, read and diagnose a little bit better than they did last year. I like that pick. Yeah, that would have been my choice at 35 as well. Uh, so it's nice to see him still here at 38. Yeah, I like Travis Jones a lot. Um, I'm not going to be upset with that pick whatsoever. Uh, and I definitely considered it. But looking at this now, looking at the board, looking at who's available and knowing what I know about the Jets, um, I'm going to throw another curveball out here because that just seems to be what mood I'm in tonight as we're recording this. I'm just throwing all the preparation I did to the wind and going on a whim. Um, so let's hope the Jets don't actually do this uh, on Thursday and don't follow my lead. But I think it makes a lot of sense uh, to select Logan Hall from Houston here. Um, same position, defensive tackle. Uh, I do think that that is the position that makes a lot of sense after adding the receiver, the edge, and the safety. That's the last biggest need. Um, but James, you mentioned it. This isn't the scheme or the defense where they want people to stand up and really kind of hold their ground in two-gap. They want guys to penetrate and create havoc. And re- somehow, Logan Hall even though he's 6'6", 283 with only 32 and three quarter inch arms, the dude just destroys guards and he just digs his way into every backfield. He's able to bull rush people quite literally over and onto their back. Um, And I think that tenacity and aggression and that size profile is something that Robert Sala has shown to like in the past. We saw what he did with DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, where they basically didn't run a nose tackle. They just ran two three techs. And I could see him, him being Robert Sala, wanting to do something similar, um, especially after signing Solomon Thomas, who's supposedly going to be another three tech addition. I could see that being the case to where I agree. Travis Jones is a great player. And I think in this defense, he would be perfect to fill that fully Fadakasi role that we're lacking. But I don't know if the Jets want to fill that role to start with. I think maybe they want to transition away from that and get more uh, aggressive and get more guys that can penetrate and split gaps. And for me, that's Logan Hall. So that's going to be my pick. If it if Matt takes Travis Jones, I'm not going to be upset and I'm in full support of it. But I just think for the Jets in particular, Logan Hall fits a little bit better. Ah, see, this is tough because I went into this thinking that we kind of need that that mass uh, up front to really be that that uh, two down early down guy the to really be a run stuffer that also has uh, the upside as a pass rusher. Uh, but you know what? I like the idea of going pass rusher first, run stuffer second. Uh, I'm going to go with Hall because even though he is more of that penetrator that we need, uh, he is very serviceable in run defending. He's very sound uh, when it comes to this. Uh, he might not have the mass to to really uh, hold up as is. I can see him putting on some weight and, and uh, really filling out that role a little bit more uh, without losing too much. Uh, speed, uh, quick twitch ability. Uh, so I'm going to go with Hall. All right. I'm honestly a little surprised. I really didn't think that <laughs> um, that you were going to go for that, but I'm glad I can see it's been a year and I can still convince you of my dumb ideas. So good to hear it. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, it, after watching 
Jones's tape uh, from the regular season, I just really wish he impressed me a little bit more. Uh, other than the senior bowl, I really didn't see what I wanted to see from him. Yeah, it was a little, I like him a lot, but it is like you're saying, I wanted to see a little more playmaking. He's, he's kind of just like the guy where no one moves him, but he's not always going out of his way to make a play doing it. And I think that's where Logan Hall has an edge on him is that playmaking ability. Like you said, exactly. James, anything to add? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Can I, and not, um, kind of want to get your guys opinion on a player because it's someone I have pretty high on my list and I, I I don't know um I don't know if he's a fit but he is someone I think that would provide a lot of upside for the Jets um what do you guys think about uh Jalen Pitchery at at a, at a Baylor um mm, one of my favorites I, if if we're not like right if we if we sat at 35 and 38 you know we're looking to, to go safety and defensive line right presumably logan you know logan hall and, and travis jones whichever way they want to go would probably be there either way we think so we don't obviously we don't know anything yet but if we you know aren't able to grab lewisine um do you guys see any issue if Jalen Pitchery is the pick given he is different in a sense from Lewisine, he, you know, he, he may not be in, you know, in, in Baylor's defense in all those situations where he's the one high, he's kind of, um, you know, that slot corner overhang, um, you know, kind of playing near the box. I mean, he just, he just makes so many plays where it's like, all right, that was one yeah. of the biggest things that the jet, the jets need to get the ball back in the hands of their offense more, way more. Uh, this upcoming season. And every time you look at someone who has that has a nose for the football, you're like, I, I need to find a spot for that guy. So I was just curious kind of what you guys thought about him and the potential fit. If you think there's a fit at all for this Jets defense. I'll, I'll let Andrew handle this because I was a huge fan of Petrie uh, and loved him, but Andrew kind of, kind of uh, shaded me towards going away from him just because uh, we w- wouldn't really be using his best aspects uh, the way we he should be used. Uh, but Andrew can probably explain a lot better. Uh, yeah. First things first, I love Jalen Petrie. He's my safety three after Kyle Hamilton and Lewis C. So I'm, oh, I'm, okay. yeah. I love him, period. He's a great player. I think he's capable of doing more so than what he just showed on tape at Baylor. And I think anytime a defensive mastermind like Dave Aranda is willing to build his entire defense around you, you got to be pretty smart and you got to be able to be pretty versatile. So I think that's a, a huge part of, of his grade and his overall evaluation. It's really important. However, I think Jalen Petrie's role in this defense is filled by Jordan Whitehead. (laughs) And I think if he were to be, if the Jets didn't sign Jordan Whitehead and say they were to sign uh, a deep safety, if Jesse Bates somehow hit the market or something like that, then I think Jalen Petrie would be the absolute perfect pick at 35. He'd be perfect in the locker room. He'd be exactly what Robert Sala wants. Uh, I had a piece go on Jets X Factor today that was the all-gas team of all the players uh, and a whole roster that fit the all-gas, no-breaks mantra. And Jalen Petrie, I said, would be the captain of that roster. So <laughs> I'm, I, I completely love the player. I love his attitude. I love what he can bring to a defense. Um, he had 18 and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, 
two picks and three uh, fumble recoveries last year. So you're right. He's always around the ball and he's making plays and creating turnovers. And I love that about him. I just think in order to do that, he really needs to be closer to the line of scrimmage and having him so far off as a deep safety is kind of making, taking away his talents. It's kind of like using him incorrectly. And it's not that I don't think he would be bad at it. I think he'd be perfectly capable in coverage and not, you know, be a liability, but I know Lewis seen, is at his best when he's in that deep alignment, even when it's time to come downhill and, and you know, ha- make the track meet happen and get to the edge and smack a guy in the mouth. So right. I love Jalen Petrie. Um, if the Jets want to run more of a, a too high defense, which goes away from everything we know about them, then I could see him fitting with Whitehead in that as- uh, aspect. Uh, and if he does end up getting drafted to the Jets, I'm going to be perfectly happy with it because I think he's the type of player that can, like I said, do more than what he showed. But I just don't think it's the perfect fit. I think after Kyle Hamilton, um, that deep safety spot, there's no one better than Lewis seen in this whole class. And there's a wide gap after him. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I'm, I kept like trying to force it. Like, is there just a way I can get all of them? <laughs> like, yeah, all no, of them. I get it. And I love him. I get it. I'd be so happy with him as the player because I love his attitude. I love, you know, every, from everything I hear, yeah. he's a stud in the locker room. He's been their leader on defense. And, you know, he's got to be smart, like I said, to run the role that he did in their defense. So I I would be perfectly happy if he ends up being a Jet. I just right. don't. I think Lewis Seed is just a far better fit for that free safety spot. No, I I, I agree for sure. All right. Well, that's going to move us on here. Um, Pick 38 was Logan Hall. We are now on to pick 90 because we do not have pick 69 anymore. Uh, James, you are going to be the GM for pick 90. Uh, What are you looking to add with this spot? So I have a name down. Um, I think it's a position that we added to uh, pretty heavily in free agency. Um, but I'm looking for a tight end, and I don't know if I'm giving away my pick here by saying it like this, but I'm looking for a tight end that has the capability um, to do something that the other two that we signed, it, they're receiving threats, but I'm looking for someone that I can use as sort of a movable chess piece um, that is a little bit bigger at the tight end spot, but has the vertical ability um, that allows Mike LaFleur to be, you know, our offensive coordinator. We saw him be creative towards the end of the second, um, towards the end of the, uh, or the second half of the season here. So, um, I'm looking for that tight end that he, you know, maybe it's a luxury. Um, but I think he would fill a role that would allow us to be less predictable, on offense. Um, and I do have a name in mind, but, um, and I'll take, you know, if it's offensive line, uh, depth, I'm looking at a name here at 91, uh, that I know you both are, are very, uh, very high on. I'm not a very great offensive line uh, evaluator. Um, but so I'd, I'd like to hear about the guy sitting at 91, but, um, also maybe 92 if uh, if you guys can give me some uh, some names there that would that would fit. I, I am open to a lot of different things, but offensive line depth and I think something on offense weapon wise for Zach would be, be really, really nice here at 90. Start us off, Matt. Go ahead. All right. I absolutely agree. We do need that extra tight end, but I'm going to convince you. No, we don't need him right now because right now. We need that depth along the offensive line, and we're in the perfect position to get a guy that I feel 
like this coaching staff fell in love with at the senior bowl. And that's Cole strange from Chattanooga. I love everything this guy brings to the table. Uh, his versatility, he can play guard or center. Uh, going into the senior bowl, I didn't even think he could play center. And then, bam, they just threw him in there, and he uh, he showed up. He It was like he's been playing the position all year. Uh, he's he, he went, You see a, a small school guy, you want to see somebody that dominates. And Cole Strange dominated. And not just the small school guys around him. Uh, he went into Kentucky game, and he dominated there as well. Uh, he fits our scheme perfectly. Uh, he has the movement skills to get to those wide zone reach blocks. Uh, he's got the strength to, to really maul people if, if asked to do that. And he's smart. You can see his football IQ, uh, the way he sets up defenders. Uh, I, I like everything about him. And the fact that he could play center in the future uh, is a nice little safety net because who knows? what we're going to be doing with Connor McGovern after this year. Uh, so having that guy already on the roster this year uh, would be huge. Having his ability to step in if Connor McGovern goes down uh, is also huge uh, and give him invaluable playing time. Uh, so as much as I would love another playmaker at tight end, I think we can get that later in the draft and to really go after one now um might just uh, be a waste of value elsewhere, like along the offensive line. So I'm going to go with Cole Strange. I like Cole Strange a lot. Um, he's a fantastic player. I think he's going to handle the jumping competition uh, from you know Division Two to the NFL just fine. Um, showed, like you said, in the Kentucky game that he could handle top competition and then did it again at the Senior Bowl. Um, I'm all on board with him. I love his attitude. He'd be a great fit, depth at guard or center. Uh, and you're right. We absolutely can get other tight ends in the draft, we don't necessarily need to look for a specific tight end right in this particular spot. Uh, there are some other tight ends available. However, there's other tight ends available. There is one Jelani Woods from Virginia. <laughs> and I think this would be the time to add the final missing chess piece, as James said, to the offense and take a six foot seven, 260 pound freak of nature, uh, 10 RAS guy, um, for anyone that cares about relative athletic score, uh, tested as one of the most athletic tight ends ever ran. I believe it was a four, five, six, uh, at the combine or four, five, four, if I'm remembering correctly at six, seven, 260 something pounds. Uh, he plays like a man amongst boys, his ability to high point the ball, take contact in the air, come down, keep running, just be an absolute steam destroyer. Um, I think you get into sets where you have Jelani Woods and CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin on the field all at the same time. Uh, that just sounds so, so terrifying for any defense. I think he is the 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 weapon the hidden gem the the hidden weapon the final you know swiss army knife uh for our offense that would just make everything go i i would love to see what michael floor could do with jelani woods so as much as i love cole strange and as much as i agree that he is by far and away the best offensive lineman left available and everybody after him is going to be a significant gap I think Jelani Woods can be an impact playmaker for now in the future. And Cole Strange, while he likely will have a spot in the future, is more so probably going to be a backup in best case scenario. So give me Jelani Woods. All right. So, Matt, there is there's no reservation that, you know, if we 
stick with I, I, I mean, I think it's probably most likely that we stick with Connor McGovern for at least one more year. I think he has one more year left on his deal um, that, you know, we have a, a, an excellent guard combination there. Can, he, there's no reservation that he um, won't be able to kind of just slide right in in 2023 and be our, our center. Is that, is that kind of where um, you think his value is, I guess, ultimately at the end of the day? I, if I saw something at the senior bowl that showed that he couldn't handle it, I would maybe have some reservations, but the fact that he just stepped right in and it was as if he was playing the entire season. Uh, I think that that transition will be smooth. And the fact that he has a whole year to really get comfortable with it at the next level. Uh, I, I think that helps him even more. Uh, so by the time training camp comes around uh, in 2023, uh, I, I think he'll be ready for the for the big show. All right, I I, I obviously had a name. I had a name in mind. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting swayed here. The name I had in mind was was Isaiah. Like I just like what he brings to the table. Um, and, From my alma mater, go shots. Uh, uh, did you go to Coastal Carolina? I did. Yes, sir. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. I, I know. It's, yeah, uh, I, that's I, great, I love him too. I, he's he's a great he's a great player. He's not Jelani Woods. Right. Cause, and because where, where I was going with with likely was and I'm not uh, this could maybe be the dumbest thing that's ever been said on your podcast. But oh, I'm sure I'm I've not, got you beat. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I'm not I, I'm working on my player comps, but I, I feel like where people get it wrong with Isaiah likely is because they see the measurables. They think he's some form of uh, I'm going to say it that he's some form of Evan Ingram to where he's a liability with his blocking where he's essentially another wide receiver or you don't know where to put him. And if you put him, those people are wrong. Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) He, he has, even at his size, I think he has the capability or at least the willingness to be able to, or get his, you know, get dirty in, 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 uh, you know, in blocking. So you, you wouldn't feel like when he's on the field, the defense would say, okay, they're definitely not running the ball now, or they're, you know, this is what they, they want to do. He does still provide that versatility. Um, I'm going to go with Cole strange here. Um, and the reason being is I, I've also been trying to also say, okay, we, we, Joe Douglas and, or us, uh, us as general managers, we need to, we do need to win right now. We got to start putting up wins or else we're never going to see these guys, um, you know, potentially develop. But I do think there is, especially along the offensive line, an aspect of, all right, if we can, if we can secure someone at the 90, 90th pick, that can be a future, you know, a future centerpiece at the center spot along this offensive line. I, I think the value there is ultimately tremendous. So I'm going to go with Cole Strange out of Chattanooga um, and, and add him in there. And listen, McGovern did also have an injury towards the end of the year. I don't know his status, but it could be a spot where he steps in maybe a little bit earlier than expected. So I'm going to go with Cole Strange there, and uh, hopefully my Isaiah likely Evan Ingram thing doesn't get me kicked off. <laughs> I, th- I think you're safe. Uh, <laughs> good, good choice. I think. Uh, I when we look at the tight end position, yeah, we can get a stud in Jelani Woods, uh, Jelani Woods, but at the same time, I don't like this offensive line class that much going forward. Uh, I think it it really falls off a cliff talent wise. There are some, some diamonds in there. 
but at the same time, it's I, I'd rather go with the guy that I feel comfortable with rather than risking uh, a future center to maybe lesser talent. So I, I think uh, Strange here is probably the best pick. I'm not upset with it at all. I, I think he's a great lineman. Like I said, I think he's perfectly capable. Uh, James, you would ask, could he slide in at center next year if Connor McGovern plays out his contract and walks? I think he'd be perfectly fine. Um, I think he'd be a great fit at uh, that spot, actually. Uh, so I wouldn't be worried about that whatsoever. He'd be good depth in the meantime. Um, and getting a player, I think his value is is more so worth than the 90th overall pick for sure. So I'm not upset with that in Cole Strange whatsoever. All right, that moves us on to pick 111. I'm going to be making the selection again here. Uh, don't have any other trades to offer this time, so this is going to be traditional. Uh, go ahead and give me what you got, guys. I don't really have anything in particular I'm looking for. We've rounded out our needs, so just wow me with who's available at 111. I'm looking for value, let's say that. Uh, James, start us off. All right, so I, here... It would be, I, I think, I think linebacker is a bigger need than it's led on to be. Um, I don't really like what I see in terms of availability. I think we just missed the, the Brandon Smith uh, value there. Um, Troy Anderson's another name, but he's, he's way gone at, at 81. Um, and so, and, and Damon Clark as well. So we, we missed out on some, on some linebackers there. Um, ultimately, I'm going to, I'm going to go, let's see. Call me crazy. I'm going back to the offense. Um, So here we're in the, we're in the fourth round. Um, I I have a a draft take about Kyron Williams. Um, I have a draft take Mm -hmm. that I think he's, I think he's a lot better. We have the, the workout warriors. I get that after the combine people shoot up, then it, it dies down a little bit, but ultimately I'm not going to shy away from the fact that Kyron Williams had a awful combine. Um, it was, it was probably as bad as, as you can get there, but if we're looking for value, uh, Notre Dame, uh, he's team captain, um, ultimately two spots in the running back room that I think the jets needed need to get a ton better at is catching the ball out of the backfield and pass blocking. Um, and I do think Kyron Williams is the best pass blocker out of the running back position in this entire draft. And he offers up a lot of upside catching the ball out of the backfield. I think his vision um, is a lot better. I think that's one of the things that goes unnoticed with the running backs. Everyone's looking for the breakaway speed, but ultimately I, I don't think he has the breakaway speed, but he has the vision to hit the hole when he needs to hit the hole and ultimately gain yards there. So um, I, I know maybe it's a little bit early again for, for running back here, but I'm going to throw Kyron Williams out there because I think again, tremendous value. Um, it'll fit the Joe Douglas culture that they're looking for guys to bring in. Um, and I ultimately think he's a way better um, athlete and a way better football player than maybe the numbers and the testing ultimately showed out to be. So um, I'll, I'll throw in Kyron Williams there at, at one eleven. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, <laughs> so Kyron Williams, I, I, I am another guy that I, I was also very high on him. Uh, I, yeah, I agree uh, that the speed that he showed at the combine is not the speed you see in his tape. Uh, the way he hits that, that next year uh 
uh, and shoots through the holes. And he's just very well-rounded. He is a little on the shorter side. Uh, but at the same time, his, his skill is undeniable. Uh, but I'm going to go a different direction, same position. Uh, I'm going to go with Jerome Ford of Cincinnati because he does a lot of the same things very well as a pass catcher, as a pass blocker. Uh, one thing he does do uh, that I don't think Kyron can is be our short yardage guy. Uh, where we struggled last year is mightily is in those short yardage situations. Um, I think we need somebody with a little bit more heft, uh, with a little bit more bulk, and that runs with a little bit more power. Uh, and he doesn't really sacrifice speed either. Uh, he's also pretty explosive, uh, he, and that showed in, in his 40 time as well. Uh, but he, he might not be the, the fastest of running back in, in this draft by, by, by any means, but he still has uh, that speed to really uh, make defenders chase him. Uh, so between all that, he's the, I feel like the most well-rounded back uh, that we can get at this point. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. <laughs> I was doing uh, in my head, looking at who was available and who would be a potential pick here. And I didn't think that either of you would suggest running backs because I thought you would see that there was a lot available and say, oh, okay, we can get one later. But you both did, and I both agree with you that I think get your pick of the litter and get the guy that fits the scheme best that's going to be an impact player on the offense. Um, this is really, really tough for me, actually. A lot tougher than I thought it was going to be, because I think as a pure runner, and what they're going to bring as a pure runner with the ball in their hands. I think Jerome Ford is better than Kyron Williams. But everything else, I think Kyron Williams is better. I think Kyron Williams is a better receiver. I think, like James said, he's excellent in pass protection. I don't think Jerome Ford is bad, but I don't think he's as good as Kyron Williams. Um, and so I'm trying to think, are we taking basically a running back to replace Ty Johnson and Kyron Williams, and it's going to be the receiver and pass protector. God bless Ty Johnson and pass protection. We all know how that worked out this past year. <laughs> or are we taking a guy in Jerome Ford who's really going to be more of the Tevin Coleman replacement in the future, more as the number two runner back offensive guy who's going to get the ball directly as a runner um, to Michael Carter? This is tough. This is really tough. I'm going to go with Jerome Ford. And I'm going to go with Jerome Ford simply because I think his potential overall as a running back, as a runner and receiver is how we can grow in that aspect and grow in pass protection, I think is just better value than Kyron Williams. I like Kyron Williams, and I think the skills that he possesses are really, really good and really refined. I'm just worried about overall ceiling. And if we're going to be taking our pick of the litter at running backs, I think I'd rather take the guy with the higher ceiling. But I would be probably really happy with either of these guys in the spot because I think they both fit the scheme really well. Um, I think they'd be perfect in the roles that they would be drafted to play. But I'm I'm leaning Jerome Ford in this spot. Yeah. Uh I, I I agree. I, it's I just I, I have him maybe as my yeah he is he is now my my fourth running back on on Same my here. positional 
but the value is really good. Guess who's number five? It's it's Kyron Williams. <laughs> so uh, it's it, it, it's a tough battle. I love both these guys, um, who I think will just add more to the offense and who just fills a bigger void would be Ford. Um, and yeah, uh, the, the, there's a little bit more upside there. James, any thoughts to add? Yeah. What do you guys think about um, Brian Robinson Jr.? If Another either of you would have submitted him, I would have chosen him over Jerome Ford and Kyron Williams. Would you? Really? Yeah. Oh. You could have overruled us. <laughs> I thought about it. I really did, but I didn't want to do something wacky both times in a row that I was GM. <laughs> I was trying not to have too much of a power trip and just go off what you guys were were submitting. But I honestly thought about saying, how would everyone feel about Brian Robinson instead? I, I, I love Alabama running backs in general because they're all giant human beings that just drag other giant human beings on their legs, like adults dragging children. Uh, and Robinson is no different. I, I, I love him a lot. And he also adds uh, value as a pass blocker and a receiver. Uh, so all three guys are, are really intriguing prospects. Yeah, I thought, I thought for Brian Robinson, there was a lot of instances where um, he had some really quick feet in the hole, um, yeah. especially his, ju- his jump cut for, for 225 pounds. It was, it was pretty impressive to, um, to see from him. And I, I, I mean, ultimately, I like the story as well for, for a guy. He doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on him. It was really just kind of this year. He kind of stuck it out yep. at Alabama. Um, but I thought there were a lot of instances where it was really interesting to see. Uh, maybe I wasn't expecting it, but uh, his ability, his jump cuts, his quick feet for for 225 pounds, I thought was pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, I liked him a lot. And you're right, his feet are fantastic for his size. Um, and his ability in pass protection uh, is also really, really underrated. I think after, I honestly, I think Brian Robinson is the best pass protector in this class. Kyron Williams is second. Um, I can understand your take of saying he's the best and I'm not arguing too much against it whatsoever because he's really good, but I, Brian Robinson can, has the size to handle like NFL linebackers. Like if Dante Hightower is coming in the hole, Brian Robinson's not scared. So I'm, I I really like him a lot. I'm not going to overrule my scouts. I'm going to stick with Jerome Ford, but Brian Robinson would be a, a honorable mention here uh, as a possibility um, with the 111th overall pick. Uh, that is going to lead us to pick 146. We gave up pick 117 in the trade-up for Lewis Seen. Matt, you are taking over as GM once again. Uh, 146, how are we feeling? How are we looking? Well, uh, we've pretty much filled every need except for one, and that is linebacker. Uh, right now, we have... CJ Mosley and Quincy. So, or not, uh, with Q. And, and so, what, what do we have besides them? We have Sherwood, who's probably not going to be available until October or November. So, there's not a lot there. Uh, Nazardine, who really hasn't shown a lot. I want to see if you guys can make a case for somebody here at linebacker. Hmm. I'll let you go. I'll let you go, Andrew. I'm trying. Yeah, to yeah. I'll go. Um, I'll go first. Matt, you want to see if I can make a case for someone here for linebacker? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't. There is just <laughs> there is just not a linebacker available at this spot that I would feel comfortable taking that would not be a little significantly higher than where I would have them ranked. Um, so that makes me turn to 
nothing is more important this season than Zach Wilson's success. Nothing is more important than Zach Wilson's ability to thrive and succeed in any way that he wants. So I can't believe that I am actually in a position where I get to suggest this guy as a player, but I am very, very happy to submit shout out to our friend, David Wyatt Hupton, Chigazee McConquo, the tight end from Maryland. This guy, like Jelani Woods, tied for the fastest 40 at the combine. He's significantly smaller than Jelani Woods, so it's a little less impressive. But Kyle um, Kyle Shanahan loves a certain fullback named Kyle Juszczyk, and I think Chigo Okonkwo can do some similar things to Kyle Juszczyk in our offense as kind of a fullback, H-back, tight end hybrid with no linebackers available here. And considering that we went Cole Strange over Jelani Woods as that other tight end, I think um, Chigakakwo could get even more playing time early than Jelani Woods because he could be our fullback as well. Um, And I think he'd be really good in that spot. The capabilities of what he does for Maryland's offense is mind-blowing. He's one of the only tight ends I've ever seen in my life take jet sweeps and, and be good at it. And they give him screens. They throw little like uh, scheme passes to the flat. He blocks as a tight end, a fullback, an H-back. He winds up traditional in the slot. He runs steam routes. He runs down the field. He runs short, blocks in any capacity he wants. I just, I love the guy. I think he's an awesome football player. I think he would be a really valuable piece to this offense. Um, Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver from Baylor, is really tempting here just because his ability at 6'3 with his deep speed as another guy to load up in this offense and just scare up defenses vertically is certainly enticing. Um, but I'm going to stick with Chigakonkwo because I really love his potential as a, a chess piece for Michael Floor. Interesting. All right. I'll consider it. So same as Andrew, I'm not going to suggest a linebacker here. I, I, I can't see where I'm making the case. So I'm actually going to make the case that we give Denver a call who's sitting at 145. Um, so we trade trade up one pick and we pick the guy who's sitting at 145 and Damari Mathis, the corner out of Pittsburgh. I think at this point, you're looking at someone who has the upside developmental potentially, um, but also, um, and I don't, I don't want to act like special teams is some kind of priority, but ultimately when you're picking around here, you look to see, okay, if they're not going to start, who's going to provide value in some form or fashion, um, you know, elsewhere during the football game. And so Damari Mathis here out of Pittsburgh, 5'11", 196, just under 32 inch arms, uh, four, three, nine in the 40, um, again, high RAS guy at 9.82 at his pro day. He actually went 43 and a half inch in the vertical, um, which would have been the highest, the highest vertical in the, uh, at the combine. I think at the combine was 42, um, Redshirt senior, so he's got a lot of playing experience underneath underneath his belt. Um, he did sit out the 2020 season with an injury, uh, but he did come back back in 2021. Physical player, he comes he comes up, um, he hits you in zone. I look when you're playing zone, if the ball's not coming to you, um, especially those underneath routes, I need you to see to see that foot hit the you know hit the turf and you're flying up to make a play. And when he flies up, he is super physical. He's competitive. Um, 
maybe, you know, maybe the ball skills uh, he can improve on there, which is, is important for us. But I ultimately think at this, at this juncture, uh, you're looking for someone that provides extremely high upside. Um, he's in a defense that kind of, I don't want to say breeds defensive backs, but they got kind of a little, a, a little system going there with guys, especially um, Jordan Whitehead and uh, Jason Pinnock, who, who are going to be on the roster. So I would see what Denver would want. I mean, trade chart wise, it's really just a couple points difference where they take a sixth round pick next year, uh, potentially, or a seventh round pick next year to just move up that one spot and, and get Damari Mathis out of, out of Pittsburgh. Wow. Wow. I, I actually have to update my, uh, my big board because he was at 147 before we started. He was. Now he's at 145. <laughs> so our big board's changing before our eyes. Uh, hmm. Oh, wow. This is tough. This is a lot tougher than I thought it would be. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Mathis. You know what? I I love watching this guy play. Uh, he He's very physical. Uh, you see it when he's in, in press coverage at the line. He, he'll, he'll hit you and he'll jam you and it'll make it a lot harder for you to, to really uh, get clear. Uh, I, I, I like his game a lot. Um, he's got good eyes in, in zone coverage. Uh, he, he does well to really read the backfield, uh, and he stays leveraged in zone. Uh, I, I, I really like him as, as much as I, 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 I really like what you said about Conquo and what he would bring to this offense. Uh, but at the same time, I just, I just really enjoyed watching Mathis. So I'm going to go with him. I'm not upset with it at all. Uh, I think he's a a great addition to the secondary. Um, he comes downhill with authority. Uh, he throws his shoulder into people with no fear. Uh, like he's got a steel plate in his shoulder pads. Um, he's uh, he's aggressive uh, and he's aggressive in coverage as well. Um, they definitely have a thing for pit DBs. Uh, I would love watching Chigakakwo in this offense, especially with the other additions we've made, but I can definitely understand Damari Mathis. Um, argument's sake, looking ahead at their future picks, uh, they got a extra 2023 sixth round pick for Blake Cashman from the Texans. So let's just go ahead and flip that to Denver mm-hmm. to move up one spot. Perfect. All right. That's going to bring us to pick 163. Uh, James, you are going to be in the driver's seat here at pick 163. Uh, Quick recap of our draft so far for the people. We had Jermaine Johnson at fourth overall, followed by Jamison Williams at 10. We made a trade up in the first round for Lewis Seen, selected 26th followed by Logan Hall uh, from Houston, the defensive tackle with the 38th pick. Cole Strange, offensive lineman from Tennessee, Chattanooga at 90, running back Jerome Ford to Cincinnati at 111, and most recently, Damari Mathis, the corner from Pittsburgh at 145 after a small trade-up. So pick 163. James, what are we looking for? I think we're going we're, we're gonna to get back to linebacker, tight end. Um, I think, I think now maybe there could be a case for, for a linebacker here at 163, um, and potentially even a tight end. Um, you know, so, uh, curious to see on, on those two positions, um, one on each side of the ball, what, uh, what we could potentially add here, um, at 163. Hmm. Would you like the honors, Andrew? Uh, lead us off. You go ahead. All right. I, as much as we need that linebacker, 
I just really don't like anybody that much. Uh, it, and it's tough because I really want to take one too. Uh, but maybe somebody will drop to as an undrafted free agent and this coaching staff can teach them up, can really uh, sink their teeth into them and, and, and uh, groom them to be the linebacker that we need. So I'm going to go, since we've, it would be a real sin to leave this draft without a tight end uh, because it's such a good tight end class. Uh, I'm going to go with one of my sleepers and that's uh, Derek Deese Jr. from San Jose State. Uh, This guy uh, just screams playmaker. I love the way he attacks the ball in the air and the amount of acrobatic catches he makes. Uh, his back basketball background is obvious when you see him uh, really square up and and kind of shield off defenders uh, and the way that he just goes up with his entire body uh, with a great vertical and makes catches above anybody because nobody can jump as high as him and nobody can make these catches that he makes. Uh, I love the way he attacks the seams uh, and the way he uh, is goes in and out of breaks uh, without a lot of wasted motion. Um, I like everything this guy does. I think that as far as weapons go, I think at this point we can do a lot worse. And I think these offers a lot, especially uh, in a developmental role as a number three guy, it doesn't need to be relied on to be the guy right away. Uh, so he has some time to grow into that spot uh, and really show what he could do. Yeah, um, I like that option as well. I've been submitting tight ends for the last two rounds now, so I'm definitely not against the idea of adding a tight end. Uh, this is really tough. This is the Jets' last pick in the draft. Uh, this is going to be the last pick of our little exercise here. Um, so I want to make it count. And so I'm looking for the most impact I can get with the 163rd overall pick. And it's hard when you factor in positional value, players available, uh, and all of that. So linebacker-wise, I agree. I would really hate to not have a linebacker out of this draft just for depth purposes. Um, I'm hopeful that the two guys we drafted last year can rebound and play well. I'm a big Jamie and Sherwood fan. We all know that. So I'm I'm going to be rooting for him. And because of that, I'm going to go away from the linebacker position. and. We got some offensive line depth already. Uh, We just got some secondary depth in Mathis. I'm going to submit as an honorable mention since it's the last pick and I can't have the option of of floating a seventh round pick for this guy really late down the board. I would love to add Demetrius Taylor, the defensive tackle from App State, as a late round pick uh, as an aggressive gap shooter in this defense. I think he could play some five tech. He could play some edge. He could play some three tech, uh, basically whatever the Jets would want. And regardless of his size, I just think he's so explosive and so aggressive and and just such a ball of butcher knives that he's going to be able to make make plays. I would love to see that fit, but that's not going to be my official suggestion. My official suggestion for the 163rd overall pick. I think we need to add to this wide receiver core again. And so I'm going to submit Eric Ezukama, the wide receiver from Texas tech. Uh, this was actually a guy Matt put me onto. I had not seen him at the time when we had did our wide receiver breakdowns. He was one of the last guys we talked about and Matt filled me in on his skill set. And he's an impressive player. Uh, he is a go up and get it 
vertical contested catch guy. He can make plays over the middle runs strong through tackles. Um, I'm a little worried about the Texas tech offense and how that would translate, but we're talking about a fifth round pick here. So you can't really be expecting too many uh, perfect options in the fifth round, but for what Eric Ezukama could bring, um, in the red zone as a scheme touch player where they can give him the ball on receiver screens and just let him run through defenders. What he can do vertically down the field as well is just another depth piece to this receiving core. I think he's kind of similar in a lot of ways to Keelan Cole. And so I think he could be a really good replacement for Keelan Cole down the road. Um, Jesse Lucetta as a linebacker is an option is about the only linebacker option I would maybe feel comfortable with, but I'm worried that he just doesn't have the athleticism for this scheme. And because of that, I'm going to go with Eric Ezukama. Uh, let's round out this receiver core and make sure Zach Wilson thrives in year two. Can can we make an argument for, and I'm not saying I'm going to make him the pick, but um, for uh, Mike Rose out of Iowa state, is there, Matt, that's all any- you, he's your guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Mike Rose. Um, he, I, I like him a lot because even though he doesn't have the athleticism that we might be looking for, the athletic uh, profile, uh, he is actually very good in coverage. And that, that was something I didn't really expect and, until I really like dug into him. Uh, he's just always around the ball. He's making athletic catches. Uh, he, he, just, he looks comfortable in, in coverage. Uh, I wish he, he has a little bit more to, to be desired uh, as, as far as uh, uh, being a run defender uh, and really uh, penetrating gaps. Uh, but at the same time, I, 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 I like his potential. And uh, at this point, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind developing him. Uh, I'm not against it either. I do think his experience and coverage would give him a leg up. Um, he would not have to learn any of the pass off rules and zone or anything like that, that usually keeps players uh, on off the field in this system. So I think that would be a big plus. Um, I worry about his ability to stack and shed on uh, his ability to play the run, but the jets don't really care about that with their linebackers, it seems. So it may not be too much uh, of an issue for them. Um, I wouldn't be against it. I think if it was up to me, I'd probably still lean as just because I really think the receiving core is so lacking. Uh, we got to remember Jamison Crowder is in Buffalo. And after we have Corey Davis, who we still have questions about Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, Keelan Cole, and no one like it, it's just, it's really barren. And I really would see, we saw what injuries can do to that group really fast. So I think we need some more bodies. I'm not considering Denzel Mims a, a factor. I hope to be wrong, but I'm just, I really, that would be what I would do. But if it's Mike Rose, if that's where you decide to pick, uh, I'm not going to be upset with him at it at all. Cause I do think we need another body at linebacker. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice um, and I'm going to roll the dice on Mike Rose. Um, and right. I, I've been, I've, I've been adamant. I, I mean, I, I do like the linebacker room. I, I do love CJ Mosley. Quincy Williams, Quincy Williams, I, I don't think it's someone that you're, you know, you're, you're using a Sharpie to, uh, to put his name on the depth chart. I think, you know, the more competition in there that you, you can get the better. Um, Jamie and Sherwood, I, I did like for the limited time that we at least saw him in the preseason. Um, I, I, I do think he provides value. It, it, it's a, it's a difficult, in my opinion, um, transition to make when you're going from, you know, the safety spot to the linebacker spot. I think it's just a natural, um, you know, but the eyes are different. They have to be in different spots and it's a, yeah. it's a lot different when 
you're able to come down, you know, from 12 or 13 yards deep um, or you're five or six yards away. And all of a sudden, before you know it, there's a Quentin Nelson at the second level. And, you you know, you don't know how to, you know, obviously stack and shed or or you're just going to get flushed out. So I, I do think it's it's diff- it's um, a, a bigger transition. Um, obviously, at that point, you trust the coaching staff to be able to teach what they need them, you know, what they need them to do. Uh, but ultimately it's a lot different once that whistle's blown and that ball snapped. Um, you know, there's only so much, uh, you know, only so much you can do. And so ultimately I'm going to take, I'm going to take the gamble on Mike Rose. Um, I've been pretty adamant that we need to add a linebacker. Um, I liked both the arguments for, for Deese and, um, and, and the Texas tech wide receiver. I'll be honest. Um, I haven't really looked at the Texas tech wide receiver, so I'm trying to stay, at least a little bit in an area. Um, I understand that talk, completely. Talking out of my, you know what? Uh, so Mike Rose here. Um, I, I, I feel comfortable rolling the dice there um, at, at 163 that we can get a linebacker in a system that you know is comfortable in coverage um, and also kind of does have that nose for for the football. So um, and, and uh, I'm a I'm an Iowa State fan in a sense. Um, I like the way they play uh, team defense. There are those those college teams that listen, you're going to get a player who's going to come in and he's going to know what he needs to, what he needs to do. And so uh, those are one of the programs that I look along with Baylor where I think they, they can, you know, they can bring in um, or they, they produce athletes um, that know what they're doing IQ wise um, and can learn systems quickly. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the flyer on Mike Rose here at, at 163 and add to this linebacker room. All right, I, I don't hate it. I I, I like him a lot. Uh, as far as uh, depth goes, uh, I think he would really add a a little bit of versatility, especially uh, as in in coverage. Uh, as I feel like CJ is probably the best guy we have right now in coverage that's uh, that's healthy for week one. Uh, so I think Rose would definitely add uh, some value there. Definitely. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I'm a big Quincy Williams fan, but I agree we can't just put him in stone as the starting will linebacker and think everything's going to be perfect and some more competition uh, and depth is never a bad thing. So I'm on board with Mike Rose. I like his coverage ability a lot. Um, I like even though he didn't test amazingly, I think he plays a little faster than he tested. and His reaction time is really good. So I, I'm all on board with taking a flyer this late in the draft. I think it's a good way to close out the class. Uh, and that does close out the class. Guys, let's go ahead and review our draft. Uh, hopefully the Jets follow some of this to a T and we get some really good players on Thursday night. Fourth overall, we had Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end from Florida State. Um, I know all of us are very excited about that one. Would hope that that comes true uh, on the actual draft. JJ is a monster. Don't listen to the analytics. Watch the tape and just trust and the people that know what they're talking about. Every former player I've ever seen talk about Jermaine Johnson says that's the uh, all pro defensive end for, for what it's worth. I haven't seen any former players say he doesn't look the part or look like a guy who's going to be a great, uh, great, great player in the NFL. So I'm all on board with that. 10th overall, we had Jamison Williams, the receiver from Alabama coming off an ACL injury. So he probably isn't going to be available for the start of the year, but when he is available, Oh my goodness, watch out because this offense is about to get real explosive and real dangerous. Uh, Jamison Williams paired with Elijah Moore, uh, excellent, excellent combination of speed. Um, versatility the two of them are both great route runners could run routes over the middle as well as deep or to the outside um 
love their interchangeability for the offense for Michael Floor and the deep threat that Jamison Williams is going to bring. The fear, as James said, when we made the pick that that's going to put in defenses, I'm all for that. Lewis Thien, uh in a trade up to 26th overall, the missing piece of the defense, as I like to call him. Uh, perfect free safety to patrol the middle of the field and come downhill with authority and lay the wood on some ball carriers and his versatility. And with Jordan Whitehead and where they could line up, I think makes it a great pick Logan Hall with 38 defensive tackle from Houston round out the interior of that defensive line uh, with a guy that's really in the mold of what Robert Sala wants kind of smaller uh, weight wise. He's six foot six, so I wouldn't call him small, but lighter of a defensive tackle, very powerful, very strong legs, uh, penetrator splits gaps, does everything. Everything he can on the interior. Good pick there. Cole Strange, uh, offensive lineman from Tennessee, Chattanooga, 90th overall guy with guard center versatility. Uh, could be a backup at either position early on, potentially take over from McGovern down the line at center. Um, just a functional blocker with position versatility. It's going to be a great backup that was really durable during his time in college as well. And we all know how important that is for offensive linemen. Jerome Ford, the running back from Cincinnati at 111th overall. Uh, very, very varied skill skill set. Um, he's got great speed to the edge. He's got good breakaway speed to take uh, plays in the second level and turn them into long touchdowns. Runs with good power, good contact balance, has good jump cuts, uh, quick feet, and the whole solid as a receiver, okay in pass protection, room to grow there um, as a combination with Michael Carter will have two very capable, functioning starter quality running backs uh, in a tandem. It'd be very hard for defenses to keep up with. Damari Mathis, the corner from Pittsburgh, a slight trade up for 146 to 145 uh, to land Mathis there. Uh, aggressive corner with outside, inside versatility. Comes downhill with, uh, again, aggressive and hard. Lays the wood on receivers, dislodges passes, hits running backs in the flat, uh, as good eyes and zone coverage, solid and man breaks up a ton of passes. Definitely a good fit in the defense in our scheme. And last but not least, Mike Rose, the linebacker from Iowa State, uh, a coverage based linebacker is a little on the smaller side. Um, not quite the best at taking on blocks or in the run game, but absolutely a fantastic in coverage. Played a unique kind of overhang position in Iowa State's defense where he had a lot of unique coverage responsibilities, be it slot receivers, tight ends, uh, down the field or short. It was almost like a safety more so than it was a linebacker, and he held his own really well. Guys, that is our draft. Uh, how are we feeling? James, I'm going to, you are the guest here. I'm going to let your thoughts uh, go ahead and lead us off. Uh, class overall, I think I'm pretty happy. I hope you are too. No, I'm I'm really happy. So we got we got five on the defense, three on the offense. I think where we went offensively um, are, are definitely positions that are going to be impactful with with Jamison Williams and and adding Cole Strange to the offensive line and then putting Jerome Ford in the mix there. Um, so definitely dynamic. I, I I guess probably the one thing that we left out was the tight end, but I think. We ended, well, I don't think we did end up with eight picks. Um, and so I think the trade for Lewis seen was, um, was the right move despite, you know, losing a pick um, because he's going to be a guy who um, it's going to be a game changer if they, if they can add him to this defense. Um, it, it, you know, when I'm, when I'm watching film, sometimes you, you know, I know there's all these terms and, and everything that, you know, people use, but when you're watching film and all of a sudden you see like a blur on the tell on the, on your screen, uh -huh. usually, usually you're like, all right, hold on. I have to rewind that. What was just going on that Lewis scene is the blur. Like mm -hmm. all of a sudden he just comes out of nowhere. And I think 
it, you know, the, there's two pieces to that, right? These guys could be, some of these guys could be as fast as they want to be and they can come up as quick as they want to be. Um, but you have to finish, right? You have to be able to, you know, not overrun it, not, you know, take a bad angle, et cetera. So not only does he, when he comes up, you know, is he coming up with speed and, and a force and a nastiness, he makes the play when he gets there. And so um, I really think that's going to be a, you know, a missing piece for, um, you know, that Salah and Ulbrich are going to have a lot of fun with. And um, I agree with you on, on JJ. I think, um, you know, the, the, the numbers out there, maybe uh, they try to, they try to pull you away. I know it's done it to me a couple of times. I'm trying to learn to stick with my opinions a little bit more. Uh, trust my eyes, and um, I, I'm I'm really happy with this class. Yeah, I, I am as well. This, this is a solid class uh, from start to finish. Uh, there are some positions that weren't really filled. Uh, um, we we did wait a while to address linebacker. Um, we didn't really address offensive tackle depth at all. Uh, so I'm hoping that maybe we find uh, another vet in free agency. Uh, much like we we found Moses last year in, in May after the draft. Uh, so I'm hoping we can maybe round out the, that unit uh, a little later. Um, we didn't get a tight end, uh, but at the same time, the depth is so good that there could be some undrafted free agents I tight end that we could like. Maybe Austin Allen from Nebraska, uh, James Mitchell from Virginia Tech, uh, uh, Chase Allen from Iowa State. Uh, there's there's a couple of guys that that could fall and uh, really make a difference as undrafted free agents, uh, and all our major needs are filled uh, from safety to edge to wide receiver. Uh, these are the main three that we needed to hit on, and I think we got a lot of studs. Uh, we might not have uh, Williams uh, to start, but that's fine. I think we'll we'll be able to make do with who we have. Uh, and then once he's in there, once he's healthy and back, the, the impact he'll make on the field is, is undeniable. Uh, it, the, the speed that he, that JD wanted from, uh, from Hill, uh, we get in Williams, uh, seeing they yeah, have the blur. I've, I've, I think I've used that to describe it's him as exactly well. exactly how you described him when we did <laughs> our defensive back preview, like four days ago. <laughs> Exactly. You have to go super slow-mo just to figure out who it was that that just ran by your screen. Uh, and yeah, he's just the full package uh, and a really great fit for this defense. Uh, and JJ at, at, at four, uh, we, me and Andrew, we've been talking about Andrew first. Uh, he was started the train for JJ. Uh, I've loved him since the second I turned the tape on like four days before the senior bowl. <laughs> I think it was sometime in January when, when this all started. Uh, and I tried to fight it. I tried to fight the urge to love him. God, you did uh, fight me. You fought me so long at the start <laughs> of it. You were, you're just like, ah, oh, you know, we'll see. I need to see more, you know, it looks good. I don't know. And I'm sitting there being like, after two games, like, oh my God, he's <laughs> he take him at 10. I don't care. He's that good. Like and this was January when no one even thought he was a first round pick. And now we're taking it fourth overall and we'd be all happy for it. Yeah. It might change to uh, my, my tune changed almost overnight after maybe like the fourth or fifth game. I saw like, you know what? I'm having a hard time not putting him in the top five cat. And, and that's where he is right now. That's where the talk is. I was actually, um, I was at the, the Florida, Florida state game in the swamp 
in November. Um, and, uh, that I, I mean, not that I was like, I discovered him there or anything, but, uh, he obviously made some plays and they, they were, yeah, like, we, were in, we, we were in the swamp and, uh, I, and it was kind of mixed with Florida, Florida state. Um, but every time he made a play, the Florida state fans were like, that's JJ, that's Jermaine Johnson. <laughs> and they were, and I was like, Oh, okay. And not that I'd like went home and like did my homework or anything, but then all of a sudden his name came up at a certain point. And I was like, you know what? I, it, it just clicked. And I was like, I watched him in person and he, he, he had a great game that day. Yeah. He killed Florida. He, he was, he is an excellent player uh, to lead off this class. I don't think there's anyone better that we could have picked. Um, I think his fit in the defense is perfect. What he's going to bring is a run defender, um, his ability to stack and shed on tight ends or tackles. And most importantly, and this is the thing with Jermaine Johnson that I really love about him is that he's a lot smarter and technically refined than you would expect for a guy that's only started 16 games uh, in his college career. He doesn't when he latches on and he stacks and sh- uh, stacks and sheds in the run game. He isn't always just immediately throwing his blocker out of the way or just trying to bowl through him and get as far as he can into the backfield. He always is in control of the play and he makes sure that he's reading what's going on uh, and putting himself in position to make a play on the ball at all times, not just go win as fast as I can as soon as the ball is snapped. So he'll take on that block. He'll reach out with his one arm and his 34-inch arms allow him to do this really easily, keep that extension, keep that length, and then his eyes just track the ball. And if the ball carrier starts going outside, he throws the guy inside and goes and gets him. If he starts going inside, then he disengages, gives him a swim, goes inside and gets the ball carrier that way. And it makes, makes him very, 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 very hard to run at because regardless of where you're running at him, he's going to be able to hold his ground, disengage, get to the ball and see where it is. He had a play against Florida, James, um, where he read a jet sweep on a, a read option where he's supposed to be the read man and get frozen. They're going to give the ball on a jet sweep in front of him and expect him to be flat footed and let the guy just go right around the edge. And he sees it coming and just charges into the backfield and puts the jet sweep guy on his ass. And it's plays like that, that I think above his pass rush capability, just make him so valuable. Uh, Jamison Williams and his speed, what he's going to bring to this offense. Like I said, with Elijah Moore, um, having the two of them on either side uh, is just nightmarish for defenses. I think he's better than just a deep threat and a lot more potential down the road to be really a lot better in the NFL than he even was in college. And he was fantastic for Alabama this past year. Um, I don't worry about not being able, able to beat out the Ohio state receivers, the Ohio state receivers are both pretty great. So um, I don't think that's too much of a worry. I'm confident in his ability to rehab. Uh, I think he'll be a valuable, valuable piece of this offense and a Zach Wilson's best friend very, very soon. Um, Lewis seen. I can't say enough about Lewis seen. I adore him. He's one of my favorite players in this whole class. I think when you look at what we're getting in this draft class, factoring in Logan Hall as well in the interior, that's a defensive like rejuvenation. Just you want to inject some some juice and some life and some aggression and some attitude into a defense that was 32nd in the NFL last year. You put Jermaine Johnson, Lewis Dean, and Logan Hall on the field at the same time. I, I'm I love this class. Uh, I love Jerome Ford and what he can do with Michael Carter. Cole Strange will be the future starting center, and you get him at 90th overall. That's a great value. Um, Damari Mathis will be a great depth piece. Mike Rose, very solid linebacker in coverage, fits the scheme well. This is this would be an A-plus class for me. I would be so, so happy, um, especially with the first three picks uh, in Jermaine Johnson, Jamison Williams, and Lewis Dean. If that happens, pretty much the rest of the class to me doesn't even matter. Just pack it up <laughs> after that. 
Yeah, it's such a solid group. Do you think 26 is about where we would have to trade to? Yes, and the reason I made it 26 in my mock draft is the Bucks are 27, and they need to replace Jordan Whitehead. And so they're going to be looking at safeties, and I think they could fall in love with scene from his aggression and his man coverage on tight ends ability. Just thinking Todd Bowles loved Jamal Adams. Why would he not love Lewis scene for similar reasons? So I want to make sure that they get ahead of the Buccaneers because I think they would be the first team uh, and out of a few at the end of the first round that really could take him. I think that if he gets anywhere near Kansas City, there's no shot the Jets will get him. Okay. How about a draft compensation? Was what we gave up uh, pretty much uh, dead on with with points? Uh, I did it with, uh, I made sure to check the draft chart before uh, I made the picks and listed the picks. The Jets actually overpaid by about 170 points. Oh, all right. I, uh, that's I, I thought we would have been uh, a little closer and maybe even uh, behind a little bit in value. But that, that, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It was slightly more just because um, 35 is so valuable. 35 is only worth like 600 more points than 26 to start with. So that like 35 and 38 would have been a massive overpay. Mm. Oh, yeah, and 35, sure. yeah. 35 and 69 just for 26 would have been a massive overpay. And I didn't really feel like adding any other things as an extra pick. So I figured 26 and 90 for 35, 69 and 117. And it ended up being slightly more uh, value for the Titans than that. But I figured I'd be more comfortable with that and getting pick 90 back. Uh, I, I made it official in my prediction in my mock draft for a reason. I really think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, th- yeah, cause I think uh, the reason I asked is because looking at that trade value chart there, um, if for some reason he's sitting there at 30, right. I mean, the difference between 30 and 35 is like 70 points. Exactly. Um, that's, I, yeah. that's one eleven. <laughs> so you, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a no brainer at that point. If you walk away getting back into the first round with one eleven, and you walk away with JJ, JMO and Lewisine, and all you gave up was one eleven. I mean, that would be, plus. I guess the dream a plus plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolute dream yeah, come so true. It, it depends, I guess, where uh, where he's sitting sitting at on uh, on draft night. Yeah, uh, that's definitely going to be interesting to be uh, to be seen. That has been our draft class, uh, uh, guys. As we are a couple of days out from this draft, just want to give you guys the opportunity. Any last hopes? Any last fears? Any last uh, comments you want to add in before we go ahead and call this an episode ahead of the twenty twenty two draft? Since this will be the last time we will be speaking before that draft happens, and the next time we will be talking, we will have a draft class to review. Uh, Matt, why don't you lead us off? Uh, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> this it, it, it's just it feels like it's been week after week of just arguing uh, over the first uh, four two picks, uh, and I am very happy that that's going to be over we can finally just sit back and relax and enjoy who we actually pick soon uh and once we're, we these picks are in everybody's going to cheer for them uh there'll probably be some grumbling as we pick them but af- afterwards uh i think everybody's going to settle in and really get behind whoever we pick um i look forward to, to sitting down on my couch and and just enjoying it uh of course, uh, there's still so much that can happen between now and then. Uh, the Debo situation is still lingering. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm just extremely excited. 
Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, uh, by the way. Uh, this has been really oh, of course. Fun. Open um, invitation, been, sir. Anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, no, this has been uh, awesome. I, lo- I love talking. Anytime I can talk football, I mean, that's kind of my my sweet spot. Um, so, uh, and this is my second draft doing like actual, I guess, looking into prospects. Usually I always just kind of was like, yeah, I, I like that guy. And, and last year, I basically spent the entire offseason trying to figure out who the quarterback should be. Um, and yeah, so this I remember, year, that I, was all you did last year. Yeah. <laughs> you were it was all on board with that. Yeah. I was watching Zach play football when he was like 18 years old, like trying to figure <laughs> out. And so, um, so this year, it's kind of been fun to look at you know, some other positions. I have some weak, weak spots and, you know, I'm, I, I love the secondary. I love the linebacker spot. I love the wide receiver spot. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to shore myself up on, on the, uh, on the trenches a little bit, but this has been really fun. And um, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, it's it, Thursday night's going to be interesting. Um, I don't think they're going to be done after 10. So uh, it hang on to your, uh, hang on to your hats. It's going to be a, it's going to be a long night, but it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I agree. Don't go to sleep early. That's going to be my advice. Uh, make sure you are up until the very end of the first round, because I think you're going to see Joe Douglas pull some late night moves to, to secure one more guy he wants out of this draft class uh, and make a final third for first round pick really set the fan base on fire. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, Matt said it. This has been a long few months. Um a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting. I did a radio hit uh, for uh, W. What was the radio? Excuse me. I'm forgetting the people I was just talking to. Um, was for drum roll, please. Extra Sports Radio 1300 in Colorado Springs. That's who it was. Um, I did a mock draft with them where they had a bunch of people on who covered the different teams uh, and made a pick for the Jets. Luckily, the way they had it set up was the first pick was Ike McQuanu, followed by Aiden Hutchinson and Sauce Gardner. So it was a really easy decision for me. I didn't have to worry about the argument of should we take a tackle or should we take a corner? I could just say take Kayvon Thibodeau and be happy about it. Um, so uh, hopeful that the Jets are going to make smart decisions. Like I said last week, I'm confident in Joe Douglas and his abilities. I'm excited to see who the newest Jets are going to be. Um, for what it's worth, four of the eight players that we picked are guys I had on my all-gas team. So definitely fit the bill as a culture-wise there. Um, I think it's a high likelihood some of these guys are actually going to end up as Jets in just a couple of days. Um, thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. This is always my favorite episode of the year. I look forward every single year to getting to sit down and do this. Uh, James, I cannot wait to have you back. I'm definitely calling you back next year to do this again because um, this awesome. was so much fun. Um, thank you guys so much for listening again. Let's go ahead and do, as we always do, drop our Twitter handles and call this one a day. Matt, lead us off. James, follow it up. Um, Matt, you can find me at Zazzy Jets. I'm James. You can find me at BSB underscore breakdowns. And I'm Andrew. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. And make sure you guys follow at OKD podcast on Twitter for all the latest updates as well. Thank you for the final time before the 2022 NFL draft officially happens for listening uh, to our stupid ramblings about football. We will always be here to give them to you. Uh, Stay well, be well, enjoy the 2022 draft class and let's go Jets. Bye bye. (laughs) 